Hey, Evan, we're live, I think. Sick. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I did it. Cool. Nice. So, what is what does going live mean? Is it like one button? Well, we're, I'm, yeah, I press a button yeah, so press and we're not button. actually live. It's pre-recorded. Yeah, this is all pre-recorded. This actually. is pre-recorded live. Wow. Impressive. I know. You have such, such talent. Exactly. So, do you have your story pulled up? I do, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, <I> do. <laughs> So, hi, my name's Garrett House. I'm Evan Duffield. And we are what? Also known as We Understand Things. And I probably should have introduced us earlier, but it's fine. We don't know what we're doing. Um, so this podcast is where two engineers that kind of know what they're talking about talk about crazy stories they hear. If it's a feat or a failure or just something crazy that happens in general, and we try and give some engineering background on it, we really haven't done that too much so far. So yeah, the stories haven't really been much about engineering, but hopefully one day we'll be able to spread a little knowledge there. I can talk a little bit about engineering today with my story. I guess I'm I'm not gonna shoot myself in the foot and say that now. Well, I already <laughs> did, but you. We're, we're, there could you be. Live here, you, folks. you heard it live, pre-recorded, folks. Yep, yep. So I gotta flip something to see who goes first. Yeah, so basically we'll switch off. So I'll tell a story, or he'll tell a story, and then we'll switch roles and and keep the story going a little longer. Yeah. But first so, you gotta flip something. I gotta flip something. Well, I have. Would you rather have a a three D printed thwomp from Mario? A guitar pick or a caliper? Um, I mean, don't throw your caliper. I mean, that's um, one way to keep it tuned <laughs> and calibrated. Yeah, totally. All right, let's go with uh, the guitar pick. All right. One side has an alligator on it. The other side has nothing. Which side do you want? Um, nothing. All right. Here we go. In three, two, one. Got the alligator. Damn. Get wrecked. Yep. So that's three me, you one. Yep. Boom. I'm on fire, boys. Alright, so to keep it going, every time I've won, you went first. So you're going first. <laughs> Can we go first again? Okay, yep. that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm prepared. But first, I wanted to ask you uh, how George is going. It is terrible. It's cold. It's rainy. It's cold. Did you just tell me it's cold? You know where it I is, live, right? I saw ice. I almost died. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, we have like snow mounds just piled up everywhere. Yeah. But today and throughout the weekend, it's going to be like low 50s to mid 50s, which is awesome. Dang. I'm excited. But it's like the first weekend in a while that I, I, I feel a little under the weather. So it's kind of a bummer either way. But. We'll, we'll still roll with the, the nice weather. Hey, that's where you just, you have to make it two days through the weekend. Then you can be sick during the work week and get out yeah, of yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. So that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually, um, I lied to you uh, last story that we did. You liar. How I dare did. you? Yeah, I'm sorry. It what did you lie about? It wasn't really relevant to the story. Um, but you said that something happened in like 20 something, 2014 or whatever you said. Mm -hmm. Um, and I related it back to like Kanye West albums and you asked me, um, 
what uh, Gold Digger, what album that was on. Yeah. Um, I don't have the album pulled up, but I just want to let you know that that is not that that is a, uh, on a Kanye West album. I um, knew it. I, th- I think it's like his second or third album. I'm not sure. So it's probably like. I remember it's got the bear with the coat on standing in front of some doors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. so I so, love you. Kanye, if you're listening, Easy. he's a fake fan. I am, Evan is. I am, I am a fake fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jesus. Should we All tell right. the story about the the thing we did during the boards? Um, we can if you want to. If you want to jump into that. Yes. Can that be my story for today? I mean, if you want it to be. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, no, no, I'll no. let you. I'll let you decide to tell that story. Maybe, maybe a later time. Well, we. All right, we're gonna we're gonna build some hype around it. Okay, all right. All Even right. though there shouldn't stay be tuned. hype around this. There should not be. There absolutely yeah. should not be. Stay so, tuned for our story of, of how we nearly, almost, became best friends with, with Yeezy himself. Yeah. We did kind of talk to some famous people, but, eh. All right. Anyway, so my story, right? Yeah. Hit me. Absolutely, dude. Okay, so would you would you consider yourself a um, a professional athlete? In any sense of the word? Why, yes, I would. In what? what are you? <laughs> You're ruining my story. You're supposed to all right, all right. No, no, no. I'm not a professional athlete. I know. I know you're not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it just so happens that I am also not a professional athlete. But what? I want you to. <laughs> I want you to put yourself in the mindset of an extremely skilled athlete trying to go pro all right i got you right. so my little brother is actually going like he's kind of in the middle of this process right now he's he's playing on the high school team and he's trying to figure out how to how to get there you know going so pro sort of yeah so you can sort of see like like the, the the process of how this works but let me let me break it down for you right so you sort of start off at a young age playing like rec league sports uh, or taking classes joining clubs doing whatever to sort of get skilled at whatever sport you're playing yep um Eventually, you know, you're going to carry on your training to your later years and at some point decide you want to pursue it as a full-time career. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, you've worked extremely hard training basically every day for hours at a time. And, you know, one day you try and compete in, in the Olympic Games. You know, the Olympic Games are a huge thing. I think they're happening in, in, in Tokyo or Japan yep. somewhere in uh, uh, 2020. Yep. I think yeah, you're right. Next year. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the Olympic Games are, are huge. So that's kind of like one of the biggest goals out there for any athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, 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 you're, you spent most of your life training for this. You finally made it. You've worked long days and long nights. You're here at the Olympic Games. You try your hardest, and you end up with a gold medal around your neck. That's pretty much the, the classic Olympic Games story, right? Sounds easy to me. Sounds Not super really. easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, my story is sort of about that. So... There was a woman who actually thought that sounded extremely easy. I mean, to each their own, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, her name was uh, Elizabeth Swaney. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right, but it's Swaney, I think. Uh, S-W-A-N-E-Y. Uh, she was born in 1984, mm-hmm. um, and she actually graduated from UC Berkeley in California in 2007. Oh, shoot. I know yeah. some people from there. Yeah. Um, and she actually launched a, a failed campaign to be the governor of California. I'm not really sure, but I, I'm pretty sure she was competing against uh, the Terminator himself. So whoa, that's sure some thought. tough competition right there. Yeah, I was about to say I don't, I don't know how she thought that was going to go, but um, 
I, I could have predicted the the outcome of that race. I mean, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, that was failed. She didn't become the governor of California, obviously. Um, she actually went on to get a master's degree from Harvard. Um, nice. I don't really know what her degrees are in. I couldn't really find that online, which is surprising. Hmm. But right now, she is a software engineer recruiter for Thumbtack in San Francisco, and Thumbtack's like a it's like an online like home project hiring service. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, so that's in uh, in San Francisco. So that's one of like the tech startups, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I assume she's something in software engineering or programming or computer science related field. Okay, so I'm guessing you're about to explain how a software engineer half governor runner got to the Olympics because I'm very confused right now. Yeah, yeah. So you should be. You should obviously be confused. Um, but yeah, that's basically where the story is going. So. <clears throat> How does anything have to do? How, how does any of this have to do with the Olympics? I have well, no I idea. It, it really doesn't at all. But we're gonna go ahead and just try and tell the story how it is anyway. Nice. Okay. Um, so Sweeney, um, Elizabeth, uh, at one point um, around the time she was going to UC Berkeley in California, she tried to become a bobsleigh pilot. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you know what that is. It's um, the it's the thing the Jamaican team did, right? Exactly. So if you've nice. ever seen the movie Cool Runnings, uh, yeah. it would be Darius Bannock, who's the uh, the guy who basically steers. Uh, he's in the front. Okay. He's right in front of Sanka, or two in front of Sanka, the, the Eggman. I don't uh, remember the names from that. Oh, man. The movie was great. Yeah. I remember all of the part of it. A whole movie. I saw um, it and don't remember hardly anything. That's terrible. I know. I'm a terrible um, person. But uh, she tried to do that, um, and she was told that, that she, um, I believe that she wasn't heavy enough to do it. Um, huh. Yeah. So I feel like she probably should have done, like, the whole, like, I see pride, I see power speech from, from Cool Runnings, and she probably would have nailed it. But <laughs> it's all good. It's okay, Elizabeth. You'll get it next time. Um, so anyway, uh, and then later on, Sweeney was the, the coxswain for the rowing team at Berkeley. I'm not sure if you know what that is either. I have um, no idea what that is. Yeah, I didn't either. So she, that, that's the person who um, actually steers um, the, the, the boat. It's a racing boat. Does it have um, a rudder? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think it's just a bunch of paddles. Bunch of, it's like 12 people uh, sitting in a line with a bunch of paddles. And they're all... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the person at the front's facing, or the person at the back is facing the opposite direction. How do you steer that, with that, though? I, dude, I don't know. I'm not a boat man. <laughs> I missed that class. You um, want to make a yacht and you're not a boat man? I do want to make a yacht. That'll happen eventually. <laughs> I, I don't need to know anything about boats to do that. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so she she actually did that. So she was the, the basically the captain of that boat. Um, but that's not okay. really what she's famous for. Um, so after being told that she couldn't be a part of the Jamaican bobsled team, um, she turned to skeleton and freestyle skiing. Okay. Um, Again, another sport you probably aren't super familiar with. Um, skeleton skiing is essentially the same thing as bobsledding, except by yourself without Hmm. a team. Um, so I take that for what it is. That's, Um, is that where they... Street luge. It's like the same thing as street luge, but like they go down the same course and stuff. But it's they lay down flat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think think they face forward too. I'm not sure. Do they? I know one you face with your like on your back on the sled. Maybe I'm not sure. I I know that it's called skeleton skiing. 
And if anyone out there knows what that really is and would like to send us an email that uh, at the email that still doesn't exist, then go right ahead. Because I think there was somebody who was doing that recently, and I don't know if they left a broom on the course or if somebody threw a broom at the girl, but they're doing all the stuff. I think it was, I don't know if it was X Games or something like that, but she's going down and next thing you know, you just see this broom come out of nowhere and she nails the broom and then continues to go down and she gets out and she's like, what the heck just happened? I mean, yeah, same. I mean, I'd probably react very similarly if I got hit with a broom randomly. Same. Um, so anyway, um, so she got into um, uh, freestyle skiing um, and solo Jamaican bobsledding. And didn't get um, hit by a broom. And didn't get hit by a broom, luckily. Nice. Um, so she actually started to try and qualify for the 2014 Olympics by competing for Venezuela, which is where her mom was originally from. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it didn't really work out though. Mm-hmm. Um, so she ended up. Uh, just, she tried. So after it, that didn't work at all for the 2014 Olympics. She started um, competing for Hungary in 2015. I think her grandparents were from Hungary um, huh. for the 2018 Olympics. Um, so you may be asking at this point why she isn't competing in the United States. Yeah. Um, well, see, she she's not good at skiing. Oh, um, so she's got to go to a smaller country to be able to compete. Exactly. So okay. she decided she could compete in the Olympics by playing the very same system that's designed to cultivate the greatest athletes in the world hmm. in a way that gets her to a place where she doesn't really belong. I gotcha. Yeah. So this is sort of another story about the uh, the whole fake it till you make it thing. Um so anyway, so Sweeney is now trying to compete in the 2018 Winter Olympics for Hungary in the category of um, half-pipe freestyle skiing. Okay. It's like, it's like skateboarding yeah. on skis. Um, and it's in a big half-pipe, so they do like crazy flips and tricks and stuff. Um, so, I mean, probably not the first choice if you're not very good at skiing, but that might just be my opinion. Um, Shoot. Yeah. I so, mean, if you're uh, going to send it, send it. I mean, I guess, yeah. Uh, so how do you qualify for the uh, qualify to compete in the Olympics for half pipe freestyle skiing? Um, well, you have to place in the top 30 at either an FIS freestyle ski World Cup event or at the FIS freestyle World Ski Championships and score a minimum of 50 FIS points. I've said the words the, the acronym FIS about 10 times at this point. What is um, FIS? Yeah, so it actually stands for the International Ski Federation. Um, the actual acronym is French, I think, so it's a little different. Oh, okay, it's okay, basically okay. like the, the, the skiing people. Yeah. That's pretty much all it is. Um, so anyway, so she began to compete in all the World Cup qualifying events over the next two qualifying years, as well as competing in the 2017 World Championship in uh, Sierra Nevada in Spain. Um, so... She isn't really a very good skier. So how is she even doing this in competing for these these qualifying events? Well, yeah. if you remember, I said she has to finish top 30th in any of these qualifying events. So, so basically, she competed in all the events around the world that had less than or equal to 30 athletes competing in each one. Huh. So that she was guaranteed a to top get 30 top position. thirty, no matter yes. what. Yes. 
How is she holding down a job during this? I, you know, I don't know. At this point, she's gone to two of the most expensive universities in the world. Um, I mean, true. And also tried to run for governor, so I assume she's getting money from somewhere. I, I don't really know. True. Um, but she's got money, and she's doing things with it. Sounds like it. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so basically, <clears throat> she competed in all of the qualifying events where they were equal to less than 30 athletes. <clears throat> um, okay. After competing in all across the world in these events, um, it comes time for the 2018 Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, Sweeney is actually ranked number 34th in the world at this point okay. for half-pipe freestyle skiing. The only problem is only 24 women can compete in the Olympics in this category. Huh. So, so she's got to bump up a good bit. Yeah. Or maybe not. See, there is a system that is kind of a little messed up for this, right? Okay. So the Olympics is actually based on a quota system. So we talked about why she wouldn't have competed in the U.S. Well, basically, because a country will send the max number of top athletes it has for each sport. Mm -hmm. So for freestyle skiing, each country can only send a maximum of 26 athletes, 14 men, 14 women, right? Okay. That doesn't add up. It's like, I think it's 13. 13 men, 13 women. Um, So... The U.S. and some other countries had um, actually more than the more women ranked in the top twenty-four than just one. So um, they ended up getting the ones lower got bumped down, basically. Basically, um, <clears throat> because the countries could only send twenty-six athletes for the entire freestyle skiing section of the Olympics, mm. and <clears throat> um, half-pipe skiing is only a small section of that. So I think they could only send four people. Um, so basically, after this quota rule and various injuries and people backing out, yeah, Sweeney, Elizabeth Sweeney walked out at the opening ceremony in the Pyeongchang Games in North Korea, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, no, 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 South Korea, South Korea, South Korea. Yeah, South Korea. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's she's made it to the Olympics. Someone who who is not a skier, at, for like not a good skier, um, ha, has basically faked it till she made it all the way to one of the biggest sporting events in the world, hosting the the top athletes in the entire world. She's still got to be able to ski though. So but that's the thing, right? She can ski. She can ski. I mean, a lot of people can ski. It, it, I, but a, a lot of people also can't ski on a half pipe and do a double backflip. True. I mean, you don't walk around and see 10 Sean Whites every day. Yeah. But, so anyway, so she's actually competing. So the question is, how did she do? She nailed it, man. She she Holy absolutely crap. nailed it. She skied from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill without doing a single trick. She's okay. Or, or falling. <laughs> she scored a 30 and a 31.4 on each of her two runs. Okay. She placed dead last. Okay. Out of all the people competing in this sport. Did she get category. a she medal? She even though. placed 13.6 points behind the person right above her. Her name was Layla. Mm-hmm. Layla fell. On both of her runs, ooh. So I don't, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. But she nailed it. She got from the top to the bottom. She didn't fall. 
she got last place. But she went to the Olympics, man. Hey, that's, I mean, I can't say I've been to the Olympics, so. Exactly, exactly. She's done more than me. If you were hoping that uh, this is still an attainable goal for you, if you could compete in in the Olympics doing something crazy like hammer toss or something, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm sorry to say that the Olympic Committee has since reevaluated its selection process, Oof. Uh, and you probably will not be able to do so. But congratulations to Elizabeth Swaney locking down a job in in San Francisco as a software engineering recruiter. Hey, Elizabeth, she's, you she still made it, man. Cheers to you, Elizabeth. You are making dreams come true. You know, she tried out for the Jamaican bobsled team. That didn't work out. Wait, did she actually? <laughs> no. Okay, okay, hold on. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? No, 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 no. I, I probably like... need to stop making that reference. I'm <laughs> confused. The story took a turn. Yeah. Then she went back to the Olympics. Yep, yep, yep. She won. She got first place. Nice. Elizabeth, right. cheers. Well, that's pretty much my whole story. Uh, someone who basically couldn't ski but went to the Olympics for skiing. Wow. Jeez. That's still impressive, though. It really is. It honestly really is. She's doing things with her life. Yep. But, well, shoot. You got a story I... from you? I've got a story for you. And you're gonna bring some engineering insight to it, right? <laughs> I will bring so much engineering insight into this. Excited, it's gonna be excited, great. Alright. So so far with all of the stories I've done so far, what have been my two main things? Uh, bank robberies. That's one. I guess it's three kind of. Bombs. Bombs? Um, the last one. There's always, yeah, sprinkle a little murder in there. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. I listen, so, I promise. Hey, somebody listens to this podcast. Wow. <laughs> We've got so many listeners, guys. It's impressive. For all you listeners out there, just send send us an email. Send us yeah. an email. Send us email, an email. Add an email. How many, of you, how many of you listen, please? The email is email at email at gmail.com. So, um, so yeah, we got, we got a little bit of a bank heist sprinkled in with some bombs and sprinkled in with some murder. How do you find these stories? Hey man. all linked together. I'm not, I don't, don't reveal your secrets, but, but I'm not, I'm I'm not, I'm impressed. I'm impressed, but go ahead. So this is actually, I remember this one. I remember this being on the news. So, this was in August 28th, 2003, and we have a man called Brian Wells, and he delivered pizza. He was a 61-year-old man. Pizza delivery man. In Erie, Pennsylvania. Hey, man, pizza delivery people are homies. This guy would bring you your pineapple pizza in 10 minutes flat. He had your back. So, this guy is doing his thing. Uh, Brian Wells. So, Brian, he was an older guy, 61. So, he got into a predicament. And 
it's unclear how he got into this predicament, but he was somehow tricked into putting something around his neck. And they thought he was to, he was tricked into it from the beginning um, when police found out about this. But um, he enters a bank <clears throat> and has a cane with him because he's an older guy. He's yep. probably going to be using a cane. And so he looks a little weird because he's got this thing around his neck underneath his T-shirt. And... Um, the crazy thing is there's video of this guy on YouTube and all this because it was fairly recent. There were cameras in there. And so you see this guy walking in there and um, he walks up to the teller and passes her a note. And the note is basically this thing typed out or it's written out, but it's written out in a weird way. And serial killer text yeah exactly that's clippings. so you can actually go and look up these things and um there's notes for each person that the guy is supposed to encounter so he okay. hands the note to the teller and it basically has a list of demands and he lifts his shirt up to show he has a bomb around his throat sweet and he also his cane is not a normal cane. It is a gun cane, which oh, is... Sweet. I want one of those. Exactly. It looks like a cane, but it is basically a rifle, almost. And um, so the demands he passes to the bank teller is that it's said to... It actually it goes through, and it has different plans. It has plan A, plan B... And this is what happens if you don't follow the plan and all of that. But, um, so I'll actually read part of it because I have all of the notes that they put together. And so the demands for the teller were the bomb hostage must deliver one of the following amount to us, depending on your available funds, safe bills only. We will screen for die packs, transmitters, and any security devices before releasing bomb hostage. Use plan A only if you do not have more funds available. A, $150,000 in 50s and 20s onlys. 50s preferred. Prevents only one bomb scenario, which is the bomb going off and killing the person and hurting the yeah. people around. Yeah. But we will, two, retaliate. And they have listed down below that the guy is going to... A list of instructions for him to reach retaliate and hurt people around him and that's what the gun canes for right 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 and so b is to give him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and and you can have up to a hundred thousand dollars in a hundred dollar bills and it prevents both the bomb going off and um him retaliating so if it is basically what they want Right. And so they also have a thing for the bank manager and all of that to do things. So they, they have instructions. He gets in there and he gives some instructions. Okay. Well, when this guy went in there, no one had access to the vault at the time. Oh. So there wasn't a bank manager there. There wasn't anybody there. And I'm pretty sure they would have done 
what he wanted them to do if somebody was there. Oh, yeah. Because absolutely. they were very scared. And it was kind of disturbing because the guy was slightly too calm for the scenario. Right. Um, so he ends up taking $8,702 and he That's leaves it. and he's got a lollipop. One of the, you know, when you go to the bank, they have lollipops there. He takes a oh, lollipop yeah. and he's licking on the lollipop and he's leaving. So dude's acting a little too calm for Absolutely the scenario. Insane. Yes. 15 minutes later, he's surrounded by police. And so it's in the instructions, it actually says for the teller to call the police, but he's the teller's supposed to wait, I believe, one hour. Yep, one hour. And so he leaves and he's supposed to go to, he's got steps to go to a nearby Walmart and he's got to put the 250000 in a garbage bag and leave your driver's license at the bank and do a couple things and there's supposed to be some rules for him to follow for him to get the bomb off his throat and okay. one of the clues that he had to do he had to go drop the money off at one location and he had to go to the mcdonald's sign and there was a rock at the bottom of the mcdonald's sign and the rock had instructions on the bottom of the rock this is like insanely planned out. Yeah, it's it's very planned out. There's even notes for the police when they find them and all of that. So everybody has, if any situation comes up, he's supposed to hand them the note and they're supposed to do that. I'm just like picturing this guy like in, in like a jacket with a thousand pockets. And what? <laughs> has a note in it and he's like, yeah. hold up, hold up. Hold up, okay. I got you. Okay, uh, I think I think you need to read this one. Are you the police? Yeah, you are. Here you go. And um, so he's supposed to go through these instructions. And like his instructions, they actually posted his instructions too. And it says you must follow all instructions to get the code to disarm the bomb. You have to drive 60 miles an hour at all times. You can only stay at each location for two to three minutes. And a sentry will be watching at each stop to ensure you're not being followed. The bomb has trip wires, so tampering will detonate. All weapons, papers, containers, tapes, etc. must be returned to us. Each item you find after dropping money has a key and or combination word. You will need to decipher the combination. This will disarm some trip wires before you unlock. So basically, that's his main that's rules. And so... He gets stopped by the police 15 minutes later, and the police are not working with him very well. I mean, I um, I so basically, you had 30 sheets for me to read. Exactly, exactly. So the they're, I mean, they're doing their job and they're doing a good job at it. They caught the guy and they did it, right. but they surround him and he is sitting. You can actually see the video leading up to all of this and him sitting there and he's sitting in the middle of a bunch of cop cars and things like that. And all the police have guns pointed towards him and he's basically just sitting there and he's starting to freak out more and more the longer he sits there because he's kind of realizing I have a bomb attached to me right, and exactly. I'm not supposed to be anywhere for longer than three minutes. Right. So 15 minutes go by 
and it starts beeping. Oh, no. And so he starts yelling and pleading for the bomb squad and is very, very distraught and the bomb explodes. Oh, and no. he is done. The man I mean, is no more. Yeah. So they start to they start to look into all of this and they are under the suspicion that a group of African American men put this bomb on him and had come up with the plans to do this. Okay. Well, it didn't really go anywhere and years go by before anything really happens with this. And um, they end up going to these people that are they're called Marjorie Deal Armstrong and William Rosting. And they are a divorced couple. And the reason the police come to them is because William had a body in his freezer. Oh, way to go, William. William. Classic William. William's trying to help out his ex because Marjorie accidentally killed her boyfriend at the time. Good. good. It's a rough situation, but they, uh, they find the boyfriend in the ex-husband's freezer. Okay. And... Through the investigation of that, they were able to link Marjorie to the collar bomb. And so they, she ends up admitting that she supplied the timers to the bomb, but nothing else. Okay, okay. So they become more and more suspicious of this woman because she is... I mean, she killed a dude. She killed a dude and... bomb timers. Exactly. And she seems to be manipulative in some ways so they aren't entirely trusting of what all information they're getting from her can i I repeat she killed a dude yeah and she makes bomb timers yes why would why would anyone trust anyone who does two of those things Mm -hmm. or either of those things individually so her name was marjorie marjorie yep marjorie marjorie (laughs) what's going on you gotta talk to somebody I mean, something's, something's something's not right. Something is not right. Well, she conveniently, the ex-husband, William, ends up passing away. And so William ends up getting blamed as being the mastermind of this plan. Marjorie, as soon as she finds out he's dead, Marjorie is like, he was the mastermind he did it and i was just going along with it classic so classic marjorie Marjorie. police did not buy that so one of my my old bosses during like a couple of my internships was named marjorie i feel i feel like really bad saying like (laughs) like thinking about marjorie (laughs) in this new life marjorie what are you doing with your life you might have a good job you might be getting interns but you killed somebody and put him in a freezer you put him in a freeze well that was the husband put him in the freezer so it was the husband's freezer so i mean it could have been her you don't know okay but if you okay okay let me let me break this down for you 
You're dating a girl. Mm-hmm. She kills a dude. Yep. As you what do. Is, what is what is your first sentence or your second sentence? Yo, I hey, got honey, a freezer. You know I got a freezer. <laughs> so the freezer is nice and big, and I mm-hmm. don't have anything in it because I I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I just plug it in and I pay the electric bill and it it gets nice and cold. It's perfect size for a body. Yep. I mean, you honestly, have a size in your body, but it definitely it, it'll fit. I promise. It got you. It got you, fam. But honestly, it was smart because if. I mean, if you've got a body, it's. I mean, yeah. If you just if you just holding the, I mean, yeah. You got to do something with it. I mean, you got a and you got a freezer. Mm-hmm. It just goes together. I know. Some people don't got a body, and they got to work Oreos without and it. Milk. Bodies and freezers. Exactly. You just All right. anyway. Continue. <laughs> so, Will dies of lymphoma. Marjorie says he's the mastermind. It was all him. Yep. And later on. In walks Kenneth Barnes, who is somewhat of a professional hitman. And Kenneth Barnes gets arrested. And the reasons are not entirely clear, but he's arrested. And he's looking at some hard time. And he says, hey, I've got some info on the collar bomb. So... We can make a deal. I can shed some light onto the situation. And we'll get this cleared up. So he ends up telling the police that Marjorie wanted to kill her father. Because her father was a wealthy man. And had a very good life insurance policy out on him. So she was... It must have been like freezer time at Black Friday. Exactly, right? Everybody's got a freezer. So, the crazy thing... Okay, I'm going to bring in some engineering know-how. Um, let's, let's hear The it. thing. The crazy thing... You can actually see the collar bomb in pictures. And it's weird because it's a very large thing on the front of the body. And then, you know how the mechanism of a, like a police handcuff works, right? Okay, yep. That's how it attached around his neck. I mean, that makes sense. You can't take it off. mm -hmm. So it looked like half of a handcuff with just a tray, say, three or four inches by eight inches, just sitting right below his chin. So it was very noticeable, and it was very crudely done, but the police basically said these people thought this through a lot and they clearly they had, had like some 50 sheets of paper yeah they yeah yeah specific clearly they thought it through they needed to see the bomb to know that well it was somebody had designed this thing and made it and it was it was made out of metal and it had tamper proof stuff all over it so say you try and you couldn't really cut through it because it's around the guy's neck. And if you were to actually tamper with the bomb and try and remove it from the tray, it would just blow up. So these people had some experience playing with bombs, I guess. Yep. Yep. It doesn't really say how they knew how to do that, but they were very good at making plans because it's this is a thesis. Even the police had... 
stuff. They said, if others alert the police too soon, we will retaliate. Um, and the police are supposed to all gather at the county fair and eyeglass world parking lots, no lights, the vehicles face away from the road, light three flares and place next to the fire hydrant. And basically they would work out how to get the money from them. So these people had everything planned out and it's, it's honestly crazy because they thought out every situation except that nobody could open the bank at the bank. So, but this guy comes up and tells them why they did it. Well, that was enough for the police. They believed it. They ended up giving Kenneth time off a sentence. He ended up getting a 45-year sentence cut in half. And then Marjorie is given a life sentence basically and she ends up dying in 2017 sweet so two years ago Get so it, so they were really only caught fairly recently it's only been say the past five ten years that they've been caught and it's just insane because you can actually go through and all of the all of the notes you can watch videos of the guy sitting in the streets. You can watch videos of him going into the bank. How is this not a movie yet? That's what I'm saying. It's insane. And so it later comes out, too, that the guy who... So the family of Brian Wells disputed this very, very, very hard. But the police also think that based off of... The Kenneth Marnes statements that Brian was in on it, but did not think it was an actual bomb. And so that makes sense. That makes sense. Which he's I'm so calm. Exactly. He was kind of too calm to be doing that, and he really only started to freak out once he was caught by police, right. and once the bomb started beeping because. If you had something strapped to your neck and it started doing something that you weren't aware of and it was supposed to be something dangerous, I would be a little scared too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, it, it's it, it's just mind-blowing, though, the amount of detail and stuff that goes into the notes and all that. So, I mean, it's pretty much, it's over. They figured out who it is and everything, but... It is, if you have time, go and look up. They end up calling it the collar bomb case or the collar bomb heist. And if you get time, go watch some of the videos and stuff because it's honestly like, it's crazy. Because you can go through and all of the, all of the pieces of papers look like this old parchment paper and it's written in a way that just like you said, looks like a serial killer and they have the weapon that he was carrying. They have the bomb yeah, casing. That's amazing. It, it is mind blowing. And you can go through and read everybody's thing. And if it would have went the way that they were saying, they would have most likely gotten away with it. Really. The only thing that stopped them was nobody was calling the police. Mm hmm. Somebody called the police and nobody could get into the vault. 
and it was done so like they even talk in part of it that they have snipers on Brian's family and they're going to end up doing stuff to hurt his family and then they've also got um, this is I'm trying to find the one part I, I think it also tells the the bank manager that his family's in danger too because they found out who the bank manager is that's crazy and so it but see the bank manager wasn't there right because right. nobody had access to it and so the bank manager didn't get his notes so I'm fairly certain that's why the the police got notified so quickly because the teller did, wasn't told to notify the police at a certain time. It was the bank manager note that was yep. told yep. to notify the police at a certain time. Yep. So, I mean, honestly, if they would have gotten lucky and everybody would have been in place, they'd be scotch-free right now with a trash bag full of hundreds and fifties. I mean, yeah. Yeah, maybe so. I, I'm, I'm honestly impressed this isn't a movie yet. And, and to all... You know, thirty movie producers and writers out there in the audience right now that are listening. This is this is our idea, okay? Yeah, We're Steven. This movie, Steven Spielberg. We know you listen to this podcast. Absolutely. You need to get on this. This this is a money maker what? for you. Right no, here. this is our movie. This is, Steven, don't Steven, don't you dare. We Steven, get a commission. Movie. I found the story. Thirty percent. Thirty percent. Not of I, the. I I think that's fair. We'll say not of the movie proceeds 30 percent of the net worth of steven spielberg i like it i like it exactly steven i just want your number honestly like can we go get like a a beer or something like send us an email with your numbers steven exactly send us an email at email at email dot gmail dot com and we will (laughs) we will promptly call you back because that is totally an email and, 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 you know, just include a little tidbit of how much 30% of your net worth is. I'm sure I could Google it, but I really just want to see it in check form in my inbox. We all know Google's lying to us. It's a government facade. <laughs> and you can't trust it unless it comes straight from Stephen. So. All right. Is that all you got? That's all I got, man. All right. That's all I got. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been We Understand Things. Oh, what? What? Yep. My name is Evan Duffy. I'm Garrett House. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye.